You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And with us today is Kent Backus. He is NCBA's Director of International Trade and Market Access. Kent, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here, Ed. Well, it's been a while since we talked about trade, but there's been a lot of developments on the trade front all around the world. Uh, probably the one that's been in the news most uh, the past couple of weeks is China. Uh, of course, President Trump announced recently that we are increasing steel tariffs, tariffs on steel that's imported into the U.S., uh, putting a 25% tariff. He's exempted some countries, but China is not among those that were exempted. And they announced yesterday that they are retaliating against a lot of American products, including some from agriculture, including uh, American pork. Uh, give us a rundown on this. And I guess more importantly, if this is a trade war, is this the beginning or is this the end? Well, I think one of the you know, one of the biggest concerns we have is the fact that anytime you introduce tariffs, it disrupts supply chains and it disrupts our ability to export products and, and import products as well. You know, in agriculture, we have the, the saying of you either sell it or you smell it. And the 25% markup on U.S. pork into China, it could have a, a negative impact uh, on our ability to sell because that product could be displaced into other markets, specifically Asian markets like Japan and Korea, where we depend heavily on our exports to really drive value add to, to our cattle. So we're a little concerned about the developments uh, in retaliation for this, uh, this steel tariff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this, uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there because the administration's also supposed to roll out uh, the findings of a Section 301 investigation, which is uh, specific to intellectual properties. And that could result in $60 billion worth of tariffs the United States is assessing to Chinese goods, which China will most likely reciprocate. And, you know, from there, it's kind of anybody's guess as to what targets China will have. Obviously, China's going after agriculture because they consider that Trump country. And so they're trying to they're trying to put as much leverage on the administration as possible to back down. We don't know what the next steps are going to be, but uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the countryside right now. People are nervous. Uh, you're seeing that uh, not only just because of the tariffs, but commodity prices in general have not been very strong. So there's a lot of stress in the countryside, but it's really too early to know exactly how that's going to play out. And so we're just going to continue to be vigilant, you know, and try to. Uh, to express to our government uh, what our concerns are about these tariffs and about uh, any of these trade policies that may restrict our ability to move our exports to those very important Asian markets. Right now, of course, another uh, another front in in the in the trade issue has been NAFTA, the North North American Free Trade Agreement, um, that has been uh, under renegotiation for several months now, and I think we're on about the fifth or sixth round, something like that, coming up. Um, where are we in, in that stage of the renegotiation, and uh, what are you hearing about what may happen next in the, in the mid to short term? So we've had several rounds of negotiation uh, uh, as far as NAFTA goes. And you know, as far as we can see, beef has not been uh, discussed, has not been impacted, and we're very glad to see that because NAFTA has been a very good trade agreement for the beef industry. Uh, you know, what we're hearing is that the White House is going to push – uh, to have an announcement at the Summit of the Americas in Peru here in the next few weeks. Uh, so we'll, we don't know what that's going to uh, entail. We, we think it'll be some kind of agreement in principle. Um, but, you know, I think we need to find 
some progress, some positive note to come from these discussions, because there's been a lot of there's been a lot of progress that's been made. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Mexican presidential elections in full swing. Canada has two provincial elections that are coming up and the United States. You know, back here, we've got congressional midterms in November. So, you know, there's a lot of attention on trying to find, you know, some positive developments with this uh, with these uh, discussions. Uh, so we're hopeful that if they're able to make an announcement, then it will at least be something that sets uh, a positive path forward, uh, something that uh, will not disrupt the beef and cattle trade in North America. Okay. Now, of course, it's not all bad news out there on the trade front. Um, those are still, you know, China and NAFTA are obviously still up in the air. One concern that we had uh, last year was uh, the threat of withdrawing from Chorus or the Korean-U.S. free trade agreement, which has been extremely beneficial for the U.S. beef industry. Uh, recently, we, we reached an agreement in principle with the Koreans. And what does that mean for American beef producers who have seen exports uh, skyrocket to Korea over the past decade or so? Well, you know, Korea is a $1 billion market for us. Under the Korea Free Trade Agreement, our exports have actually doubled. We're selling more beef into Korea than we could have imagined. And a lot of that's just because the terms of the Korea Agreement were so strong uh, and so beneficial for the U.S. beef industry that we've really been able to capitalize on it given the market conditions. Our concern was that if we withdraw from that, we're going to give up that preferential tariff uh, treatment that we have that gives us about an 8% competitive advantage over Australia, over New Zealand, over Canada, over all these other countries who are trying to reach the Korean consumer. Because we have that advantage, it's a billion-dollar market for us. Well, we breathe a, a sigh of relief uh, to find out that they've reached a, uh, an agreement of principle. It, and as far as we can tell, it doesn't impact our terms of the beef trade. Uh, they focused on some areas related to automobiles and, and some other areas that were a little more sensitive. But beef is still intact. It's still good to go. And for us, we consider that a victory that we're still going to have that access. Now, there's still other hoops uh, that they have to go through, other hurdles they have to climb. Uh, so we don't really know the timeline of when that's going to conclude. But the good news for now is that it looks like we will uh, be able to get through this uh, unscathed. Okay, and finally, Japan. Uh, last year, the Japanese uh, put an added tariff on American-produced beef because we had essentially gained a, a large enough market share. There was an automatic tariff that went into effect there, um, and that's going to be going back down. So what, what's, what's the latest on that, and what does that mean for our producers? So, uh, you know, the big, the big problem with uh, our access to Japan right now is we're, we're limited into the volume that we can send into the Japanese market. And uh, unfortunately, we sold so much beef into the Japanese market that we exceeded a preset uh, threshold. And that triggered what's referred to as a snapback tariff. So that, that already really high tariff of 38.5% jumped up to 50%. And it started in August 1st, and that lasted all the way to the end of March. Uh, now that uh, that date has passed, that tariff has gone back down to 38.5%. But uh, the problem with that is it, we weren't able to fully capitalize on all the opportunities we would have had just because of that added tariff. Um, you know, that really gets to the heart of the matter and why Japan is so important for the U.S. Japan's, on, Japan's about a $2 billion market for us even with that 38.5% tariff. 
Uh, meanwhile, our competitors are negotiating agreements with Japan that will give them preferential tariffs in that market. That means that we're going to be much more expensive than everyone else. We don't know how much longer we can continue to enjoy these gains, but if we don't have a meaningful trade agreement that locks in uh, you know, those lower tariffs for us, then eventually we're going to get squeezed out of the market as the Australian herd recovers, as they become more competitive, then that $2 billion market may not be there for us. And there's no other market uh, that we know of uh, and that we've been able to develop that can absorb the volume and the value that Japan is for the U.S. That Japan's one of our biggest markets for beef tongue, and a lot of cuts Americans find less desirable. So that's why it's a top priority for us to secure a trade agreement with the Japanese. We were hopeful that we would get that through the Trans-Pacific Partnership, but if that's not an option, we need a bilateral agreement, and we need it right away. All right, a lot of good stuff going on out there with trade, uh, but let's get to the really important subject matter. Baseball season is back upon us. Uh, we're about a week in. Who do you have in the World Series this year? Well, you know, I grew up a Texas Rangers fan, but I just— I'm, I'm very sorry about yeah. that. You know, we had, we had our shot a couple of years ago. I don't think we're going to have it this year. Uh but I'm a Nationals fan now. They're my National League team, and, and I really think that this is going to be their year to go all the way. I think uh, at the end of it, uh, the Nationals will win in game six as they take the New York Yankees. Oh, so you're going with the SI. SI picked uh, the Nats over the Yankees in the World Series. So you're going with the SI, huh? I think they got the bats, but we have the pitchers, and we've got some big bats too. Yeah, I agree. The Yankees are going to be fun to watch. I mean, Stanton and Judge and all of those guys are going to be they're going to be mashing the ball. Nats are off to a good start. They're also my team, obviously, living here in Washington. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Nats. They're off to a great start. Uh, they haven't actually trailed a game yet. They're four and zero. I know it's only four games in. We got 158 left, but um, I'll go with the Nationals. I was going to go with the Yankees, but I can't. You know, we have to have a disagreement. We have to have some some, some sort of wager or something. Um, so I think I'm going to go – you didn't even go with the Astros. Texas boy, you didn't even go with the Astros. Um, I'll go with the Red Sox. I think when the Red Sox are here in D.C. over the 4th of July weekend, that, that could be a very good uh, World Series preview. So I'll go with that. Yeah, nothing against the Astros. I just think the Yankees uh, – they. Yeah, they've been waiting. They've been, and they know how to win in October. So, I think uh, it'll be Nats Yankees, but the the Nats will win it in Game Six. All right. Well, I hope you're right. Um, we'll dig this out in October and and uh, see who is right. Kent Backus, thank you for joining us. I'm always happy to be here and go Nats. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef, go Nats, and check us out online at beefusa.org and on Twitter at, at @BeltwayBeef. Thanks for listening.